0: Welcome to the Luminous Space Podcast, weekly meditations, readings, and blessings to assist with our rest, peace, and spiritual wellness. You can find out more at LuminousAnglican.com. To the glory of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. We're finishing up a study through the book of James. In the lectionary, we're looking at James five, thirteen through twenty today. I'm Father Chad Jarnigan, Vicar of Luminous Anglican. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faithful will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain. Then he prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if any of you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. The word of the Lord. So James is covering a lot of ground here. He's bringing awareness to different parts of life, suffering, cheerfulness, like sickness. Wherever we find ourselves, James is saying that there is something significant at play. He's also encouraging the church to be the church in such a way that's essentially foreign for us, I think, to think through. Is any among you sick? Let them call for the elders. There's a Greek word here for the elders. This is presperos. And this is also goes to the assembly. This is Greek for ecclesias. This is the church. In in most church traditions, like Christian traditions in the Eastern Orthodox. Catholics, Presbyterians, many, and Anglicans have like an elder type of system. It used to be more of a an ordained person who have gone through the whole process that a deacon or a priest would go through, who serves the local church and who has been ordained for ministry of the word and sacrament, and everything that comes along with it. And you may be interested to know that the Hebrew word for elder means beard. It literally speaks of an older person. In sports, you have a tendency to develop superstitious habits. And this is something like it happens where you're wearing a certain deal or uh, travel a certain way, eat something, and you have a positive effect you kind of want to repeat that and we develop like these weird strange like ways of doing things or it could go the opposite as well if you don't do well during those things you won't wear the same thing again i was watching a reds game this season and the new second baseman for the reds jonathan india wore his pants differently, where he usually wore the short pants that showed like the whole socks. And one game he changed, and he went all the way down with his pants to his ankles. Instead of having his socks showing, he had an amazing game. So he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to keep rocking this for a while. That's superstitious. Like, okay, let's just see how this works. This was good. Normally it's short-lived, but still at the same time it's a strange thing that many of us can allow to come into different parts of our life. Now personally I'm not superstitious but to quote Michael Scott sometimes I'm a little stitious. We treat prayer more like a superstition sometimes. When prayer is mentioned in this text Early on, some of the church may actually treat it more like a superstition than actual communion. But in this context, it's helping us to see that we're all connected and we have a part to play in one another's lives from a spiritual standpoint. In monastic practices, there is a time where the monks do not pray the same way that they usually do, and this is to change up their habits. And think of it like shifting our weight from one leg to another when one falls asleep. As for prayers, we should be cautious with the whole everything happens for a reason. That idea has done us a lot of harm. And there's probably an invitation found in difficulties. Perhaps those can be reasons, but The reason would be the invitation. What more is there to see and sense and realize? But everything happens for a reason can be lazy theology in regards to prayer. You know, it's interesting with that line of thought. So many that I've encountered over the years, probably myself included, have had a tendency to allow their spiritual life and their prayer and that inner life to kind of be sitting on pins and needles, like wringing of hands. Have I missed God? Has something changed? What did I do wrong? And we're looking for every little aspect. Perhaps we're sitting on a bench, listening to the wind hit the leaves and the trees, and we think, Oh, is God trying to say something? Quite frankly, perhaps we're just supposed to enjoy the sound, enjoy the breeze. That is that imitation. Life has a way of readjusting our expectations and perspectives. Eventually, we may come to understand that praying for the answers we want may be the wrong approach. Though our Creator knows our hopes, the act and process of prayer can shift and reposture us. Verse 16, Confess, in the Greek, of our offenses, which means sins. Confess our offenses to one another. This Greek means to confess, to profess, to agree with. It can be a profession of faith. And confession of sin allows us a deeper connection and a deeper understanding of our realities. The more we suppress, the more we have to sense and feel and extract later. The word harmereisha, this is Greek, means sin, an offense, missing the mark with regard to truth or duty, failure to meet a standard. When I first moved to Nashville, I had some strange jobs, and they were part-time jobs. I worked at a booking agency. I worked as a uh, an importer-exporter company. For any Seinfeld fans, you're probably thinking he worked for Vandalay Industries. <laughs> and finally, I worked at retail, selling clothes. Every single one of these jobs, I had people eventually confessing things to me. I was so confused and I didn't really know what was happening at the time. But by the third time this happened, this connection helped me to realize that there's probably something more at play, something more going on in these circles. Sometimes it was little things. Sometimes it was things that I was really hoping that I could unhear, but wasn't really the case. I was always surprised by it, but I believe that people needed Someone to listen and then maybe be encouraged to go in another direction or go and sin no more. I found that fascinating and maybe foreshadowing of the future. Confession could be one of three things here. It can be to God can be to a person whom we have offended. Or thirdly, it could be to a spiritual advisor, a priest, a pastor. It used to be more customary to confess some things to the entire church because you lived in such a tight-knit community and parish model where you go to the same market, the same doctor, the same feed store, the same pub, and you needed to keep a short list of offenses. Regardless, these acts can be the beginning of healing. It's exactly what James is speaking of here. It can be an individual healing. It can be a collective healing. Verse 19 speaks of which real truth, untainted by falsehood, for Christians, Jesus is truth personified. He's the way, the truth, the life. Jesus promised, if you remain in me and I will be in you, you will know truth and the truth will make you free. This is from John 8. The making word here is a creating. The truth will create freedom. Verse 20 speaks of covering a multitude of sins for anyone who brings someone back who from wandering. What is covering a multitude of sins? What does that mean? That means love each other fervently. Peter writes, because love covers over a multitude of sins in 1 Peter 4. James has the forethought and knows that even at the early church level, what they would need. Here's three things. We would need, they would need, to have wise elders, men and women to guide the church, to be at another place of awareness and deepening where they could see beyond the here and the now and love accordingly and appropriately. Number two, sin will be a part of the church's story, unfortunately. It just has. It's a part of the human story. And for us to confess will lead to growth and healing. Again, individually and collectively. Thirdly, it will take all of us to help one another find our way. We are not alone. We are together regardless of what we think and how we would like to live. May God the Father, whose glory Christ, raised you from the dead, raise you up to walk with him, and the newness of his risen life, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Join us next week for the Feast of St. Francis. If you would like more information or ways to be a part of Luminous, please go to LuminousAnglican.com. Peace be with you.